0: Lesson for the object lesson for the day. This morning, as we continue, you guys, um I think we have also out there, um, you notice that we don't have a paper bulletin. For those of you with smartphones, um, if you don't already get what we have by our email, um, you can also get it with your smartphone outside. In that big um, plastic stand, there is that big QR code, and if you scan your phone on that, you will get our recent um bulletin on your phone so as you come in you can do that as well if you want just to stay up to date as to what's happening and what's going on Um, and so (coughs) um just be able to 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 know that you have that for those of you that don't get the email get on that for us for those of you that don't have a smartphone talk to us we can work out something else um, and so we are going to continue this morning. I do want to have a time just to pray for us continually as we continue to 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 move through this time in this season. And God begins to allow us to be back in person and and actually things to open up more and more. One of the things that I've discussed with our staff and with our elders and our our leaders is that we want to be ready so that when the time comes for us to be <coughs> active and and, and and more in person and fully in person, that we're ready. That we're not trying to get ready. We're not thinking about getting ready, but that we're ready and that we're ready to engage. We're ready to engage people. We're ready to fellowship with one another. Um, and we're ready to really get in and lean into our community. Um, and so for us just to get our, our minds and our hearts in the right place that we need to actually do that so that as we get greater opportunity, we are ready for it. This morning, we will look at this whole issue of um, as we complete ten, and I'll be using um, some other parts of Proverbs as we explain through it. But we will be looking at this issue of integrity versus deception, and and this issue of uh, of sluggardly life. I still love that word, uh, laziness um, versus. Um, being prudent or industrious and disciplined. And, and for us, as we, um, as we move forward, understanding that our, our industry, our prudentness helps to, um, helps to bring about opportunities or makes us ready for those opportunities as they arrive. We don't know all the opportunities that God may be bringing our, our way and for us to be able to take advantage of. But I know one thing, if you're not ready to take advantage of an opportunity, it does not wait for you. And I think all of us can attest to missed opportunities, but we all can attest to opportunities that we've been able to take advantage of because we were ready or or that we were closer to being ready. So for us, let's just be ready. Your heart is ready. Your mind is ready. Your hands are ready. You know, so that as God bring those opportunities, we can just be able to jump right on and jump in. Amen. Wow. Thank you for the one person that was there. Amen. I know y'all meant that. Can I ask you to stand as we pray for us and for one another? We want to continue to re- remember those who are on our list. <coughs> those who are. Um to continue to need our prayers, and even for um, this nation and our country, that we are continually able, the believers in this place, are able to allow God to use us to bring about uh, more and more, to uh, bring about the realization of his kingdom. building it for him at all costs. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to be here today. Thank you, Lord, that your love, your mercy is what allowed us to be able to stand before you. Father, those of us that know you, we stand before you as as justified, as redeemed, Lord, as pure and holy in your sight because of what you have done through Christ. We thank you for that. Father, we thank you that we can stand even like this morning's visual in the darkness. Father, and that we can still sing, Lord, and that we can still praise you and that we can still proclaim you even when it's dark. And Father, it's dark in our world. Father, I thank you that, Lord, you have given us that strength internally. And through the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, we are able to press forward even when things are not going our way. Because we know ultimately, Lord, you are leading the way and that you hold our way in your hands. And so, Father, we thank you this morning for this gathering, for this ability to be together. And, Father, I pray that we would not take it for granted. Lord, those that cannot be here, um, we pray that you would continue to strengthen them and to allow them, Lord, to continue to grow in you. Those that have chosen not to to be here. I pray again, Lord, that you would give them fellowship in other ways, and that they would be able to stay encouraged to walk in you strongly. <clears throat> Father, we pray for those that are in need of your touch and your healing. I pray, Lord, that they would realize in you is everything they need. And Father, they would sense your presence even now. And God would continue to trust in your hand, and your power, and Father, that they would not give up nor back away. But Lord, they would lean in and follow you through the storm and in the great times. Lord, I pray for those right now that don't know you. Lord, may they see that there is this big gap in their life. Oh, Father, not about getting things or possessions somehow Jesus makes your life kind of better in its quality, as opposed to saying, we're not living without Jesus. We're just existing. Father, I pray that they would see who you are, they would turn, and they would come to know you. Lord, I pray this morning as we get into your word, Father, that where you speak to us about where we see ourselves. As we look into the Word and where adjustments need to be made and where things need to be changed, I pray that we would be honest enough, bold enough, and humble enough, Lord, to allow you to do it. I pray, God, that we would not just look at those around us, but we would look at ourselves first. And, Father, allow you to change us. Father, I pray that we would have no distractions away from your Word. And as we finish, I pray you would give us good time reflecting on what you have said to us through your word. So, Father, we commit our new week to you, thanking you for it and looking forward to it. We just commit this right now in the name of Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, musicians, as well. also. I know he's not looking forward to this. I want to thank Elder Renaissance Man who can sit on the piano and then can get up and preach. uh, Boldly. Love it. So thank you, brother, for allowing God um, the skills. And then the musicians, thank you guys for helping us to move forward in that area. Last week, as we um, started this Wisdom Warnings and Instructions, and I subtitled it, Which Way Will You Go? Um, we looked at two of the four ways that I want to focus on in chapter 10. These are not the only ways. And as we go through the book of Proverbs, there are especially after, I mean, from chapter 10 and on, we are getting these one line, I mean, these instructions on how we are to live. On, and, and it's both the wisdom on how to live rightly And the warnings of what will come if you choose wrongly. And I like that he puts it out and says, for you, you choose. And I said that last week. You choose. You make the choice. So when you've made whatever choice you've made, when you've made it, you can't say, God, you didn't. And God says, I gave you all you needed. But I also gave you a choice. Some people say, well, that really isn't a choice. Well, I mean, it is. One is going to bring you life. The other will bring you death. But it is a choice. And so we looked at the ways of the wise and the foolish last week and the ways of the righteous and the wicked. And today I want to look at the ways of integrity and deception. And then um, the ways of laziness. And I'm sorry, the ways of 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 the prudent and the lazy, or the sluggard. We call it disciplined versus laziness. And look at what God wants to say to us through that. And so, um, chapter 10, again, hopefully you've read through it again. Um, I am going to highlight on some verses that speak about this. And when we get to the issue of the way of the prudent and um, and and the lazy, Versus the lazy, I'm also going to look at, and you can put your finger there, I'm also going to look at Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through 11, because it gives a little bit more um, detail and and, and insight for us to see through the picture that the scripture creates. And things that we can all look at with that. So, look at verse 9 with me. He said, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Read verses 11 as well. Verse 11. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. And then go with me just to chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. And so verse 9 starts off by saying that a life of integrity, hmm, I love that. The life of integrity brings security, or he walks securely. Picture here is someone that is not looking over their shoulder. Have you ever made up something, or know that you have not spoken the truth? That you were trying to hide something, or you spoke something out to someone, and then. <clears throat> Um, you knew that it was not true when you said it or when you were portraying it or depicting it. You put it out there, and then you had to spend the rest of your time making sure no one found out that it wasn't the truth. Everything you did, you had to make sure that you covered your deception. For some of us, you know, it may be something small as in a lie that you might have told your parents or your employer. Or you may have, as we like to call it, fudged. uh, You said fudged something. And then we spend the rest of the time trying to cover our tracks. And that becomes more work. I remember years ago, we used to watch (laughs) pretty religiously um, Veggie Tales because of our kids. And I don't know how many of you remember some of the older ones this was this was junior and the big and the fib and 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 the more he tried to cover his lie, he had to tell a more outlandish story and the more he did I don't know how many parents remember this the more he did, the bigger it got until it was out of control and then it controlled him. The picture here that's being created is the person that is who they portray themselves to be is a secure person. You're not living to not be found out. You live in the integrity. And so, who you say you are, you are. I like what one person says as the definition of integrity. Integrity is who you are when no one is looking. When you are by yourself. In your own thoughts. There is no mask. You're not pretending to be someone. Who they see is who you are. And that comes from a person being secure. Now, I know for us there are some things that we some of our flaws and that, that 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 we like to cover up. And I'm not talking about physical flaws. I'm talking about character here. God says, integrity says to them, you will be able to walk without worry. And I want to ask, is that you today? Are you walking without the worry of being found out? If 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 your life was to be pulled back, and I'm talking to myself too. What would be seen? And I'm not talking about you living this life of just no mistake, mistakeless perfection. We're not talking about that. Is that when you do make a mistake, when you do sin, what do you do? Do you get it right or do you just roll in it? I done fell in it. I might as well stay here for a while. Or do you seek to get it right and to change and to get back on course? Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. And there is this blessings from the Lord that brings true riches. It actually says that and, and there's no sorrow with it. The reason, as you look down in there, the reason I like that verse is that the blessings of the Lord are those true riches and there are no sorrows is because I'm not concerned about What's going to come down the line for what I call a blessing? Let me give you an example. See this a lot. Folks are talking about the Lord bless me with a car. The Lord bless me with a house. The Lord bless me with this, whatever you want to fill in the blank materially. And then three to six months later, that blessing is now something you can't afford. They're coming for your car. Uh, you can't pay the mortgage. Really, was that a blessing from the Lord? Because the Lord gives without sorrow. I'm not sorry I got it. Now, you could mismanage what the Lord gives you. Yes, sure. But many times what we like to call a blessing from the Lord is no more than a manipulation by your own hand. And you don't know what's coming down the line because of it. And we need to be careful with that. Is it really a blessing from the Lord? Did I come about this in a way that honors God? Did I get the position because I lived in a way that honors God and he brought this along. Whether others think I was deserving or not is not even an issue. Can I walk securely with what I call a blessing? Or am I just deceiving you and not letting you realize that I've manipulated the situation to my benefit? I just haven't paid the price yet. And so it says deception. Or he who makes his way crooked will be found out. That is a guarantee. Okay, you may not be found out for some of us in this in in your lifetime. See, but here's one of the things about death that equalizes everyone and everything. One of the things about death, you have no control over what happens after you die. You cannot keep people out of your business after you die. Your, your reputation will be found out whether you are living or in your death. And I've been around long enough, I have been around that long, but uh, I've been around long enough to have witnessed People, I mean, to uh, to who people thought this person was only to find out after they died that they were not who they were portraying themselves to be. And while they were alive, they could control the narrative, they could control the situation. But once you are gone. And sometimes it happens while we are living. And we may not even realize that's a blessing. Because you can get it right. I know this is a bit heavy, but you know, this is something for us to think about. Think about, you can only keep the show going for so long. And the Lord says to us, live out of integrity. Live out of what the scripture points towards. You should live by the power of God's Holy Spirit. Live it out. And so that they see who you really are now. And your legacy continues on later. So the way of the crooked will be found out. Chapter 11, it says a false balance is an abomination. In in other words, you rig it to where it comes out in your favor. Whether you change the scales or you weight the scales or however it is, it says a false balance. You, you, you knowingly deceive is an abomination to the Lord, but a just way to say. In other words, you deal fairly. You deal correctly. You deal rightly with people. I like, he says, look, even if you seem to be getting away with it, other verses, you're going to be found out at one point. It's going it, it's, it's to be uncovered. And think of all the people that thought they would never be. And I always go, why do we always think we are going to be the exception? Nah, they're not going to find me out. But he says a just weight is his delight. Because this deception comes out of pride. I think I'm going to be good. I'm actually better than all the rest. I'm not going to be tripped up like you guys are. I'm going to be able to handle it. This is not going to master me. See, y'all just didn't do it right. And Proverbs 11 says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. Because we also know in the scriptures that said pride comes before the fall. But also disgrace. Why? Because he's telling you. You can't keep it going forever. And then as we look at it down, it says, But with the humble is wisdom, and you are seen as wise. And this is what I love. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. And you see, one is being guided into growth and maturity because they are who they seem to be and who they say they are because they are doing it according to the will of the Lord it says but the crooked but the huh, but the but the treacherousness of the crooked it actually will destroy them and so he just kind of gives us that choice are you going to live a life of integrity or are you you going to live a life of deception are you going to be seen for who you really are or are you going to be found out for who no one knows you are as question am i going to be seen for who i really am right now I'm going to be found out for who no one knows I am. And then from there, we go to the the second, the way of the prudent versus the way of the slugger or the way of the disciplined versus the lazy. Verse 4 in Proverbs 10 actually says, a slack hand causes poverty. But the hand of the diligent makes rich. Now, once again, these are not guarantees. These are these are general sayings. It doesn't mean because you have been diligent at whatever you're doing, God's gonna make you rich beyond your wildest imagination. No, that's not what He's saying. What He's saying is that riches come through diligence. Well, 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 Lord, what about those who play the lottery? Riches come without sorrow. Through diligence. How about those who just kind of lucked into riches come, the blessings of the Lord, without sorrow, through doing it his way. See, the issue becomes he's not saying you want to get rich, follow the Lord. It's not what he's saying. He's just saying that your diligence will pay off in whatever way I choose or see fit. And the richness of it is not just monetarily, although it includes that. The richness of it is also in quality of life, in life direction, in life focus. Verse 4 says a slack hand. In other words, if you are not putting your hand to it diligently on a regular basis, there will be some sort of poverty in some area of your for some of it, it could be financial poverty. I'm lacking because I've been undisciplined in utilizing what's been put in front of me. and thus I don't have the opportunities that are there, and thus I can't cover when I have issues. Or it may be a poverty of health because I'm not disciplined to do the things that I need to do and that now my health down the line starts to suffer I'm not talking about those things which you had no control over that came upon us like it does many of us, if not all of us in some way or another. But I'm talking about those issues that you have control over and that either your diligence or your lack of it, in this case, lack of it, is causing a poverty. It can be a poverty in your relationships. You are not attuned to the relationships in your life and thus you do not have The quality of relationship that you desire, you are lacking. A slack hand. Don't just think materialistically when he says that. A slack hand in anything will bring about poverty or a lack of because you didn't apply yourself to it. So in this case, I want <clears throat> to I want to flip it. I'm going to do the way of the sluggard first. The way of the sluggard. And then the way of the prudent. Let me finish the verse. He who gathers in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame. To understand this, and I'm going to go to um, chapter 6. Anyone, you guys can turn there. To understand this, you have to understand the context for which the people in in this agrarian context, especially in life in their region. They had these times and these seasons where you had big harvests, but then you had times in these seasons where nothing grew. Or you may have good years, and then you had lean years. Depending on the weather and the quality of the ground, if there was no rain for a long and extended period of time, then nothing would grow. We saw that throughout time, I mean, throughout biblical history in that region. They had both times of famine and times of plenty, but every year, though, there was this, this, this harvest. When we looked at Ruth, we talked about the harvest and how critical it was for people to work the harvest to its fullest. Because that harvest would carry you through into the times where there wasn't a whole lot growing. There's a lot of analogy with that. Working when it's most opportune, saving for, I mean, not just use now, but for later. There's so much in there. But he says here that, look, understand. Verse five, just real quick. He who gathers in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps and harvests is the son who brings shame. Why? Because that harvest was critical. It was going to carry them into the winter months. And so this was a diligence in working to your fullest because you knew that there could be some lean times in your life. Boy, that's news for some of us right now because this whole sluggard versus um, a lazy versus diligent. The lazy person doesn't think their current situation will ever change. It's good right now, so why do I need to worry? As a matter of fact, I have everything I need. I have nothing to worry about. And the things that are in place are going good, and and my job is fine, and and I can just kind of treat it anyhow. I'll, I'll do enough just to get by, but I don't need to do a whole lot. The lazy person doesn't understand that it's harvest time to work, and there is a season where it's going to get hard. Uh, We've all lived long enough if you haven't yet experienced this, and you will experience these these really strong times, and you will experience some lean ones. And in the lean ones, what do you lean on? And don't just say, I'm going to lean on Jesus. Yeah, you're going to lean on Jesus. You are. You may be calling him from some help because you've not leaned—you've uh, not leaned into anything else. And so the way of the lazy, one slackness. They never apply themselves fully to what is in front of them. It just, they just kind—they—they when you when you got slack on the rope, you don't have full tension, you don't have full pull. When I'm slack, or I just go easy. I don't lean in. God said, when you don't lean in, when you should be leaning in, it's going to cause an issue somewhere else in your life. And that lazy person becomes one or will become one without resources or options. The lazy person puts off to the sadness of others. Verse 26. chapter 10, like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes is the sluggard to those who send him. Okay, and okay, picture there. The scripture is wanting you to catch the picture. Now, back then, now we also look at it back in its context, and we say, okay, well, all of us have experienced smoke in our eyes at some point. You've either been standing around a fire, or you've been sitting at the barbecue, and that wind blows the wrong way, and it's in your face. Smoke in the eyes is irritating, and it's if it's really bad, it's blinding, like smoke in the eyes. Now, vinegar on the teeth, I'm not quite sure all of what they would mean. I mean, just because I don't know the strength and the kind of vinegar, but if you've ever just had straight vinegar, and it's, it's, it's sour, um, it's a bit grating on you, And so, again, get the picture that the Scripture wants us to see. The person who sends someone who is lazy is irritated by them and is soured by the fact that they are the one representing them. Wow. Who am I irritating with my laziness? Who is? Who is soured because they sent me instead of someone more diligent? Who is it that is going, why did we choose her? Lord, can't we find somebody else because of me? And the lazy person doesn't just affect themselves. They affect everyone around them. And people that are depending on them. Chapter 6. Go there for a moment. Verses 6 through 11. Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. I, I, that's a picture there that should be a sober warning for those of us that are tempted or that stumble with laziness. Because you see how it doesn't seem, it's not that bad. i put here in my notes. That a a a a lazy person or a sluggard is obsessively resting. I'm 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 just I'm constantly in chill mode. There's no urgency in my life. Nothing. I'm okay. It's hey, it's okay. We cool. We just chilling. God says keep chilling. Here's what happens. When it comes, you don't expect it, and you're not prepared for it. It comes like a robber. Robbers don't announce themselves. I'm coming to rob your house. Tomorrow at 2.30 when no one is there, I'm coming to your house. says no one who wants to rob you. Or when an armed man comes, and I tell you, I've I've actually had that happen. Um, growing up in Brooklyn, it was bound to, in the neighborhoods that um, that I lived in or had to frequent. And I remember, although I had I, I y- y- you always have the little bit of an inkling, but but I was coming back from a friend's place, and all I remember is I was walking in a neighborhood that I knew. I was like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be here at this time, but I am. Okay, so let's just deal with it. And I don't even get two blocks in. And these two guys looked like they were talking to one another. But I realize now they saw me probably a mile away. And as they were talking to one another, as we passed, and they were walking over here, all of a sudden, he just made a beeline, pulled out the gun, walked over to me, and said, come here. I, an armed man, by surprise, wasn't ready. Well, to their surprise, they didn't get much, because I was a broke college student. They chose the wrong person. They should have chose someone else. But the issue, though, was that armed attack wasn't announced. Came up violent, was over quickly. Whatever little I did have was gone. He says to them, when you are lazy, you are prone to losing things. at a moment's notice, opportunities will go. It'll leave you devastated. And you'll be like, what just happened? You were in chill mode all the time. That's what happened. You weren't diligent about anything. That's what happened. And God says that. And he warns us. They don't know when to work. The lazy person doesn't know when to work. He's sleeping at harvest and is probably looking for work when things are now disappeared. Harvest is the time when the opportunities are there. For you to gather and to bring in, God says, "Get with it." And that's for us. Even as a church, we can miss opportunities to be a blessing, to lean in, to help, to build reputation in this community. Are we missing opportunities? Because we are. Oh, they good. Those few people that do it, they can do it. We good. And it becomes Are we in constant chill mode as a church? Old things are good. we okay. We'll be all right, y'all. <sighs> With the sluggard, they never estimate the full effect of their laziness correctly. They never estimate it correctly. They always underestimate the effect and overestimate their lack of involvement. But then look at the ways of the prudent. It says here, he says, go look at the ant. Now, understand that he was saying that the ant works without a structure. Now, that's just to the naked eye. Now, We do know later through scientific study that the ants actually have a structure. It's not what they were talking about. That, okay, well, after I've done the research, no, ants actually do have a structure. We know that now, but that's after intense study. But if you and I were looking with the naked eye, it looks like the ant doesn't have a structure. And that's what they were writing about with the information that they have which is naive observation, look, the ant doesn't, there's no person standing over the ant. There's no little ant going, There's, there's no boss ant standing there. We know they have a structure, but it says, look at the ant's life. Without having people standing around and over them, they get to work, and they store enough that actually takes them through the winter when... They're not able to work when they need to be inside, when they're enjoying the fruits of what they've done. And so he tells the sluggard, let me show you a picture from God's creation on how he intends us to be. And he gives us the ant. And I like that he chose the ant because the ant is one of the smallest, seemingly most inconsequential, you walk by and you step on one it's nothing it's an ant but when that colony gets to work they provide for itself and for others around it and they're able to be sustained the issue becomes he says look at them be prudent here is the ways of the prudent and disciplined they know the times they take it back. they know when it's time to lean in and to work hard Because they know that they're setting up not just for now, but for later. They don't just live in the moment. They actually have an eye on the future. And they keep an eye on the future. Oh, they don't just live in the future and never enjoy what God is giving them. Some of us, all we do is we work and and work and work for the future, but the future never comes, when we kill ourselves working so hard for the future. But they have an eye on the future as they enjoy the moment. Discipline. They are working even when it's uncomfortable. See, here's the point here. That that whole working through the whole harvest, when we look at the story of Ruth, of how she worked and just impressed everyone, her work was beyond everyone else's. She worked that field like no one else, and they were shocked and amazed by it. Prudency. She knew when it was time. Do you know the times that God has for you now? Is this a time where he's wanting you to lean in heavily and work? What is he trying to prepare you for by giving you all these opportunities in front of you? Nah, I'm good. I don't need that right now. And this is in every area. Don't just think finances. Think every area. Are you disciplined in your relationships with your, with your life in Christ, with your study of God's word, with your financial management, with your education, with your health. Are you leaning in or are you just, I'm in chill mode. And then when the crisis comes, oh Lord help me. Oh Lord. Consistency. I put this in the desert community or in the arid community, this is critical for survival. There must be enough to last through hard times. This morning, this came to me as I was thinking through again with the message. God allows plentiful and lean times. God himself, we see it in scripture. He allows plentiful and lean. Why do we think we should always have plentiful and never lean? Somehow we think God ain't blessing if it's lean. Really? God sustains and leans, but he prepares as well. And as I've looked through the seasons in our life, and I'm just the the plentiful and the lean, and I've seen how I've acted and behaved, and sometimes it was not wise, but the older and the more that I've learned from what's happened before is then I get that opportunity to now know how to handle all seasons. Can we stop acting like there's just one season in our lives plentiful? And that we go through seasons. And how you work when it's plenty will determine how you live when it's not. And so for us today, the question becomes, how are we walking? What will we choose? The prudent, the disciplined person knows when. There is no folding of the hands. There is no, I'll just take a little bit of a nap and I'll just verse it. Look, is God giving you something right now that he wants you to lean into? What is it? Where is it? How does he want you to do it? And when he does, what is he preparing you for? Please know that there will not always be just plentiful times in your life. There will be winter seasons. And it's within the will of the Lord. And he says, I'm preparing you that regardless of the season, whether you're in season or out of season, you are always ready. Oh, it's not always going to be comfortable. Oh, it's not always going to be easy. He's not promising that. He's promising you to be ready so that you can be consistent, so that you can be steady, so that you can represent him well. God says, take advantage. I never promise that you're going to have an easy life. But for the believer, I promise that I'll always be with you. See, that's the part of walking with Christ that's just so good is that he says, I will always be there. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So when those hard times come, Christ says, I'm still here. You've prepared. Well, let's walk through it. But, Lord, it hurts. I know it does. That's life in a sinful world. That's the result of what we live in. Yes, it hurts. Lord, that's unfair. It sure is. But I'm here. Lord, they took that from me. Yes, they did, but I'm still here. Lord, I never thought that this would happen. I know you didn't, but I'm still here. And you're ready because you've been preparing. And so the issue becomes, are we going to be ready when life hits? Even the enjoyment. God opens up a season in your life, and you don't even know how to handle that excess, and you go buck wild and crazy. And destroy yourself. And God goes. Be ready. Not just for the lack. But for the plentiful. Which sometimes is harder. And so for you and I this morning. Wisdom warnings and instructions. Which way will you go? What will you choose? How will you let God bless you? Let's pray. Father thank you so much. Lord for your wisdom. And your warning. And your instructions. You, you just gave us so much when you gave us your word. You revealed who you are. You revealed your way. You revealed your wisdom. and You warned us in this sinful world about how to navigate through it. Father, and I pray that we listen. I pray, God, that we allow you to work in us so that in the Hard times, Lord, we would have prepared because of in the plentiful times, Lord, you you allowed us and gave us the strength to lean in. Father, I pray that you would help us to be people that are prudent and disciplined. And if we aren't today, Lord, that we would grow into that. Father, yes, it will be uncomfortable, but I pray that we grow into that. And I pray for those of us, Lord, that may be prone to be more lazy and Lord, I pray that you would show us, oh God, Lord, di- that, that you would plant in us a desire, God, to want to live for your and by your approval. Father, and that we would not be slack. Lord, we would not be in constant chill mode. Lord, that we would be people who are diligent because we represent you. Father, I also pray that you would help those that don't know you. Lord, that even though they may be disciplined in this world, if they do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ where their sins are forgiven and their life and heart has been changed. Lord, it is a discipline leading nowhere. And Lord, I pray that you would let them see who you are, get a glimpse of you and your holiness and your purity and want to Father, this morning, I just pray that, uh, Lord, you would help us to be people of integrity. That we are who we show ourselves to be. That we don't live with the fear of being found out. But we live with the joy of transparency and showing people who we are. And so we surrender ourselves to you afresh. We ask you this in Christ's name. Amen. This morning before we leave and before we go, I do just want to ask you, if you are here this morning and you've never made that decision, that choice in obedience to heed the call of Christ, and that's a call of salvation. I know we hear a whole lot about calling and calling to ministry, but there is an initial call and it's a command to come to Christ. And if you've never had that, you've never asked, I mean realizing that we were all born in sin. Realizing that indeed, um, because we were all born in sin, every last one of us is and you know and, and um, was at one point a sinner in need of salvation, and that God sent Christ to do that, to be our Savior, our salvation, and thus you've seen Him as your only hope. You've come to Him, asking for forgiveness, repenting of your sins, turning to Him coming to him, if you've never done that, you can have an opportunity today to change all that. And even if you're not here, if you're watching us, as long as you are still alive, that opportunity exists. And to be able to have Christ change your life. And if that is you, if you're here, please see me after service. I would love to talk to you. If you are watching us, please just let us know that you can pray, ask God to forgive. You agree with him that he is God's only Provision for the forgiveness of our sins and for salvation and and that you entrust your life to Him. And with that, you become a part of the family. And so this morning as we continue on this week, I want you to reflect upon how are you living? Are you living based on the last two weeks? I want us to look at that. Are you living wise or foolishly? Are you living righteously or wickedly? Are you living with integrity or out of deception? Or are you living prudently or sluggardly? I have to use that word I like it. Lazily. How are you living? Let the word of God speak to you and change you. And um next week, since next week is Mother's Day, isn't it? Next week is Mother's Day. We 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 honor our mothers publicly and hopefully you have been doing that all year long. If this is the only day that you honor mom, go ahead and honor her. But hopefully, you change your lazy ways, <laughs> and you honor mom throughout the year. You prepare, and um, but we will. I am going to stay in Proverbs for that. Yes, we will look at what's traditionally Proverbs thirty-one. But I'm I, I, many times we use that on Mother's Day. And we want to encourage, but, but I think sometimes unknowingly we are beating our women over the head. You should be the Proverbs 31 woman. Yeah. As opposed to looking to it as a guide for life, of, of of who God wants them to be in life, growing into that, not a yardstick to measure how they don't measure up. And I know many women that have left going just feeling, I feel like a rock. When they've left the Mother's Day service in Proverbs 31, they're like, who is this superwoman? And 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 where can we get seminars from her? Now the issue is these are guides for living, and we are. So if you want to read through that, you can. We will be out of um, that proverb as we honor our moms. And so, again, thank you guys for coming. We praise God for the ability to meet, um, and to gather together we are grateful for, for what the Lord continues to do. We continue to, to, um, to ask for you, for those of you that can, to continue to give at the way that God enables you, um, because thankfully we, we were able to pay off our mortgage by Easter, um, but all of our bills didn't drop that Sunday like like they all didn't cease, oh, we're done, okay, but that we continue to move forward and to grow and to recover from this pandemic, which I know every church is actually handling in that way. and we just need you guys to continue to be consistent um, in however God has enabled you. I'm not going to tell y'all how to give, however, God has enabled you, and let's just watch the Lord use us as we begin to open back up and gain more opportunity. Um, we are looking to grow as a church in so many different areas, and you'll be hearing about that over the coming months. And we want to take advantage of that. So please continue. Also, I do ask for those of you that that you um, that want to make yourself available to serve in other ways. One of the things that the 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 pandemic did, and I mean, we had to shut down, is that it took away the volunteers. Well. We had nowhere near the volunteers we had come back, and for some because they they didn't want to be in person, I understand that, but we do need your help and your volunteerism um in our ministries, and so I do ask that you that you just talk with the Lord, how can you put your hands to work here as we continue to move forward? I know things like our ushers I thank god for for sister. Aaron and Sister Stacy and, and all those that have worked with them. But again, we I know we need help there. I know with our sound team, I'm so grateful for um, um, Brother Tabani, Paul, um, Brother Maurice, uh, my son Joel, who's been back there. But you know what, guys? We need all you guys to be able to step in in some different ways. And as we look, as the Lord allows, as we look into coming into and out of the summer, when we look at prayerfully our children's ministry being back, I know Sister Angie McManus is, is going to need, and I know our brother Cletus Jones with our middle school and our youth ministry will need people. And, and just look to how the Lord wants to use you um, and get back in. For some of us, we'll have to shake off a year's worth of, I just kind of watched you guys and do ministry, and now it's, it's kind of hard to get back in because I've had a year off. Well, God will help you. (laughs) He will. He enables and he empowers. And he will as you get moving. And so I will encourage you guys just to consider how God, I mean, how you will help um, as we move forward. Amen? You guys have a great week. I think my sister Stacy is waiting patiently for me to be done. (laughs) Come on, sister. Good afternoon, everyone. As we dismiss, Salwaard fam, make sure we are loving on our returning visitors and our first-time visitors. Um, These two sections, if you gather your things and stand, you'll head out the back way. Karen will help you. These two rows, pick up your things. Stand, you'll head out this door. Everyone have an awesome week.